Welcome to episode six of the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast, where you'll hear what it's like to train for and run your first marathon. I'm Dwayne France, and each week I'll be joined by Coach Morgan Lattimore, and together we're going to share the week-by-week training journey that'll take me, just a regular guy in a mere mortal, to the finish line of my first marathon. And if I can do it, you can too. Thanks for joining us for the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast. I'm excited to be going on this journey and pleased to invite you to join me along the way. There's a couple of ways that we can be connected. Follow the podcast wherever you listen to them and you'll be notified when a new episode comes out. You can also see where the journey takes me by connecting on Strava by going to strava.com forward slash athletes forward slash M3 podcast. The link will be in the show notes as well. There you'll see if I'm following the training plan like I'm supposed to be or going off script a little bit. And finally, you can find all the episodes on the fundraising page for my charity partner, The Second Wind Fund, at coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast. The mission of The Second Wind Fund is to decrease the incidence of suicide in children and youth by removing barriers to treatment. They match children and youth at risk for suicide with licensed therapists in their communities and pay for up to 12 sessions of therapy when there's a barrier to treatment. If you appreciate the show and what Coach Morgan and I are doing, show us a bit of love and donate to the cause by going to coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast. This week, I'll be reviewing week three of training, still maintaining steady pace, and we added a bit of a longer run on Saturday, which you'll hear us talk about in the episode, as well as maintaining one day of lower body strength training. Ran three miles on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, four miles on Tuesday with the goal of keeping my heart rate under 140, and a five-mile run on Saturday. And you'll hear Coach Morgan refer to it in the episode, but he had a race himself this past weekend, the Mountain Miss 50K in Huntsville, Alabama. So 50K is just slightly over 31 miles, and the terrain for that race is extremely challenging. He said there were places on the course that he literally had to climb up or down. His goal was to complete it in seven and a half hours, and he finished in just over six hours and 52 minutes. A great accomplishment, but I'm going to stick with training for a marathon at this point. So check out this week's coaching call, Reviewing the Week, and we'll come back afterwards to wrap things up. Here we go. So that was week three. Week three. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's going fast, man. I feel like we just had week one. We had week one a couple weeks ago, relatively. But yeah, relative <laughs> speed, it does seem like it's, it is proceeding. Yeah. What is going through your mind right now? Like as each week you learn something about yourself, like what is going through your brain about your training? It's interesting because I know I have someone watching me. Like we're doing this as a podcast. Like I know that, but it's interesting where I know that I have somebody, you looking at my, my everything, not just my races. Here's a funny thing. I had a dream the other day that I ran longer than you had scheduled me for. And after in the, in the dream, and I'm like, oh man, coach is going to get on me because I did more than he, he assigned me to do. So whatever it is, it's in there. Accountability. And it's funny because I am. I had an athlete the other day, and she said she was telling her friend about me, and she said I got to make sure I do it right because I know if I do it wrong, soon as it posts, he gonna text me or something's gonna go on. But that's the great thing about a training peaks is that when you finish a workout, I get a notification on my cell phone and says that you did your workout and when it loads and then or when you put in comments i get those and it helps me stay on top and have a better response time uh and, and just and sometimes it just prompts me just to look at it because for me i get a text message and i get an email 
That's how I have it set up. And so if I'm doing nothing, I'll go through my emails, I'll click the, on the analyze button and I can see your training from my phone and I can look through it and say, okay, because sometimes when we have our conversations, I'm literally on my phone somewhere. And just like I had a question about what you're doing. Uh, this week, we didn't talk much of one because I was traveling because me as a coach, I still also partake in running and swimming and cycling. And I had a 50K this weekend. I had to practice what I preach, try to stay focused and things that and because of the terrain that I had to deal with. It was on my mind. It was the other day when I looked at your training. I looked at it today, but I also looked at it about Wednesday and seeing what you were doing and how you made some different terrain choices when running. And we talked about having that 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 diversity in the training itself. But like this week you went to a new, a new course. So midweek, I went to a regular course that I had a little bit of hills, but yes, on Saturday, I ran in a local park that I hadn't run to in a very long time. And apparently we forget things over time. And I forgot <laughs> what the back half of that particular course looked like. So yeah. Yeah. And what's great about that, right. Is it was great. And some other points about it is like you're right, we do forget. We forget how it's going. And what that brings to me is, I would ask you, why did you look it up or go drive over there before you went to go do the run? Yeah, no, I think that's a good, I was even thinking about that too. And I recall how you talk earlier about, you know, people say that they're bored just going slow or maintaining the same pace. But I thought it's a Saturday run. I don't have anything else to do. And so I'd like to switch it up a little bit and go on a different course. And it had been a while since I'd been to this park, as I'd mentioned. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to go, maybe it was as the experience of it. Knowing, again, that wasn't the goal for me to go have the experience of the run. The goal was for me to have an easy run. Mm -hmm. But me deciding and just wanting to have a different experience, it's a nice park. It was, I run early, so it was dawn in the park. And so that was really, in, I think, what in my mind that caused me to choose that i knew that there was some terrain i knew that it was hilly but that like i said i forgot how actually hilly it was and i didn't look at it ahead of time which is another perhaps rookie mistake it is <laughs> like for me I, and i do switch it up and if i know i'm going somewhere especially in my own hometown i'm gonna go drive by it. I'm going to go check it out, do something. You can pull it up on a map. Like maybe if somebody else is running this route on map, my run or Strava, go see what it looks like. What we do less of, we get caught up in just going to do the miles and say, oh, I'm going to do something different. But does that different lend to the purpose of the training that day? Mm -hmm. And so if like, just like if I want you to go do sprints, Okay. And if I'm looking for just raw speed and I'm just, I just want you to get the effort in, then if you go pick a hilly course, it's going to be more variables to that. And if you're not a seasoned runner, you're not going to know how to strategically handle the course. But if I'm looking for you to get speed, I'm like, okay, find somewhere flat to go run 800 meter repeats or 1500 meter repeats, whatever it may be. You got to pick the terrain accordingly. Because like you said, you had a five-mile easy run. I, we've been together three weeks. And what I know is you ain't ran no run for five miles. That's the first thing. We ain't did any five-mile runs. And the second thing is none of your runs have had 530 feet of elevation gain. And so if we're looking at it, we're being honest with ourselves, is that an easy run? No, right. And probably in, you know, maybe I'll post this for folks, but the first probably mile of it is it uphill. Something like that. Just I can look. It, Give me, let me um, pull it up. Yes. So uh, it was about. It is approximately 0. 0.75 going up here. And holy mackerel. So probably at about a 
right about that point, as I was getting close to the top, I was like, oh man, coach is going to tell me that this was supposed to be an easy run or more specifically, it was supposed to be at an easy pace, but easy pace doesn't mean easy terrain. And I knew then that it wasn't going to be an easy run. And that, and you pushed, you literally pushed that compared to the rest of your, your pacing throughout the run, that first three fourths of a mile, you pushed it. Like you literally pushed it because on the, there's another the hill on the back end, that bigger one, longer, it's way longer. Let's see what this thing is. So it's about, a, it's almost a 4.8% grade. The first one was 3.7. And so seeing that and you pushing it, it explains why the back of your run fell apart. You went from like a 10 minute pace to like a 12 minute pace. Mm -hmm. And so... This brings up a good point, right? And this is the point I think that we were talking about prior is selection of races is important, not only for your physical ability, okay? Now, if I had a strong runner, strongest relative to everybody, and not the comparison, we're looking at this and they may have been able to hold and maintain a certain effort going up these hills because their bodies have been trained to do so. They know how to strategically run this route, but when you do this, you set yourself up for failure because now you have that psychological piece. It's like, man, I can't hold this pace. And he was going fast and everything, as you can see, the, your pace got worse and worse. Your heart rate lowered a little bit because you weren't even able to keep up that pace because you, what you told me in the comments is you had to walk a couple of times too. Yeah. And this goes back to a couple of weeks ago where this was a trail too. And as we've talked about, I'm typically a road runner, right? So not only was this terrain up and down, but this was also technical terrain, the steps and rocks and things like that, right? We learn as much by doing as we do <laughs> by listening, but that, I think the backside of that, that was a, a technical trail climb as much as it was a run. Yeah. And I want people to understand that listening, understand that I said I wanted you to do that because mm -hmm. trail running works a different set of muscles, stability muscles, the ankles move. And with him, like instead of me sending them to the gym, say if we, we're not doing a whole bunch of plyo type stuff. So how can we do both? And so we can, we don't want it too technical of a trail because I, one, I don't want to hurt him right now, but I want him to be, get on the trail so we can strengthen that ankle strengthen the legs and work those muscles before we get into the real like speed work or tempo work or really long distances. So if now that we can focus on just making the muscles and the tendons more resilient, it will benefit us on the back end. Also, as you're a big dude, so the people know this, like you're a big dude. When people of our size are running off the road, off the concrete, off the pavement, there's less damage done to the muscles and the tendons, right? Because when you pound in that pavement, that negative energy in itself sometimes causes large tears and muscles and tendons, and it puts a working on your body, right? And so we can minimize that impact by kind of making it more, the run schedule a little bit more dynamic and the course is dynamic in how we pick them and what we're looking at, we can make running more enjoyable. The biggest part is we can minimize the amount of fatigue that you feel over in a week. Because some people feel that they need to go do hard stuff and that's how they decide if they put in the work that they've put in, but that don't make it better. Harder doesn't make it better, right? We don't want to do it smarter, not harder. Like we want to, we want to lend to that. Let's do it smarter, not harder. And so if I can train you weekly and we don't have to end up taking weeks off or days off because of fatigue 
And that will lend to the consistency needed for the adaptation to take place where the muscles are used to turn it over and you go out there and run. You're like, man, this feels great. But if we're working you so hard that we got to take time off or we're looking for the right shoes or you start walking too much. Now we're not getting the training that we need. We're not creating that positive stressors on the body to make sure that it grows and that it adapts and it doesn't lend to an exciting training schedule. But to that point, as we look at terrain and different running scenarios, this lends also to how you pick a race. And so most of the people, they hire, to be honest, people hire me after they've signed up. And that's fine. It is fine. But I say, and I'm going to say it from a coaching point of view, it's not fine for everyone, right? Because sometimes we need to discuss, you know, what's going on with you. I'm going to ask you questions like, how long have you been running? Have you ever ran this terrain? Have you ever did A, B, or C? And then let's pick something where, especially if it's like a, a first time or like a PR, like a speed or a distance or, or just a different environment. And you want to go, say you live in the cold and you want to go to somewhere hot. Have you thought about hydration and nutrition and pacing and what the sun is going to do to you? Sunburn, all these other different things. And let's make the experiences positive by actually preparing. And that's the key. When you're looking at a course, don't just look at it as like, oh, I would love to go here. And that's what we do as age groupers. Like, I just, I'm going to, I want to go to Cali. And I want to run this race. And you're from Florida, the coast of Florida. And it's flat, Right. And you go to California and you say, I want to run a half. And you go do La Jolla half marathon or something like that, or Carlsbad half, and you run it up and down hills. You're like, I wasn't ready for this. Now, that really makes sense. And you're right. I did decide that I wanted to do this race for my first half marathon. But my goal was not to run the Denver Colfax marathon for the first time. My goal was run my first marathon. And so right. I signed up for it and then reached out and then we started working together. Whereas have we been working together, then decided I'm going to run my first marathon, we would have decided on a different course together. To your point, it could have been the same. It just, it's like, what do you want to do? I would, I first like, hey, what are you doing this for? I want to do a marathon that opens up a plethora of choices. Then if you just said, I want a Boston qualify, I want a PR, then we need to look for certain races to do that. At. So then I asked you like, okay, where do you live? Then I'm going to say, okay, if you live here. So, and this is something that I learned a couple of years ago, being from North Carolina, I live on the coast. Like you, you could run for 80 miles and probably get 50 feet of climbing. Maybe it's flatlander over here. But if that person came to me, they live in where I'm in now. And they said, yeah, I want to go run at altitude. I'm like, okay, so how do we plan on practicing that? What are the resources that we have? Uh, are you able to take time off to go to run in the mountains? Or are you able to do other races in that area prior to get acclimatized? How soon can you go out? Like those, There's just so many questions. And we can say what ifs and what we would ask till we blew in the face. But there's more to enjoying and having a good time than just saying, I want that venue. Because I always tell people, especially when they hire me, they, most people don't know what a coach would do for them. And they think that you have to be fast or performance-based to hire somebody to help you. No, my job is to make sure you have a great experience. Mm -hmm. We could do that We can, and still make you faster and still give you a PR. But if you PR and you didn't have fun, what was the point? That's just, and that's my personal opinion. And other coaches might not agree. Like they might think that the performance based of it, and some people just want the performance. But I've met many people that did well at a race, but the venue itself or the race itself or something about it just didn't go the way that they foresaw, right, at all. 
No, and it goes back to right when we first connected and people hear about this in the first episode, but my old man, you got to run a marathon twice, once to realize you hate it and second to make sure, but he DNF'd his first marathon. Looking back, knowing what I know now, probably didn't train, probably didn't do a lot of really long work. And like, he only went back into the second marathon and finished it because he DNF'd the first. Then he was like, never again. Like it was a huge suffer fest for him. And I honestly didn't want to go through that. I wanted to say, how do we do it right the first time? Mm -hmm so that I don't drop out at mile 18, and so that I don't sit there and say that this is a horrible thing that I'm never doing again. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Selecting anything, the right training venue, the right race, the right conditions, it all comes down to research, doing the research, reading. Like I told you, like the first, when you said, oh, I, I ran over here. I said, did you go just, did you go drive by that? Did you just go look at it? Sometimes it's that simple. When you looked at it and signed up for the race, did you look at the maps, right? Did you go, and today we have information. People are writing blogs about certain races. People, hence this one, people are doing podcasts about certain races. There's so much information out there for you to go into something blind is self-inflicted. The whole point of this is to feel good, enjoy it, mind, body, and soul. And so to do that, before you do anything, you go on a vacation, you're just not going to say, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Thailand. I'm going to go to... A, a, <laughs> and just see what know, happens. And just see what happens. And those people are like that, but those people understand they want that specific experience. But if you're looking for something, if you're like, you're in search of a certain venue, a certain experience, then you have to research it. And there are a lot of people that hire coaches that sometimes don't even have the mental fortitude to overcome some of these events. Cause I'm telling you yesterday, like when I, I raced yesterday, you talking about 31 miles, 4,000 feet of climbing and everything is up, bro, like up or down. And so there are people out there cause you talk to so many people, when you, even on the marathon, you talk to so many people on the course and everybody's having a different experience. And for me, I looked at Strava. I looked at the map they put out. I looked at the cutoffs. I said, okay, where are the aid stations? I tracked the weather all week. And guess what? It was raining and freezing the whole week. And then on race day, when I thought I was going to put a bundle up and be ready, I woke up. And, and this is relative, you all, because what the number I'm about to say is it will still be freezing to some of y'all. I woke up and it was 34 degrees outside. Oh, that's nice. Like, that was, yeah, I, I, me too. I was like, that's pretty warm. You're running for six, seven hours. That's, you're going to want to take stuff off. Prior to that day, it was 20, 19. And so that, that determines what clothing I'm bringing with me. So now I, I knew this anyway, that I'm taking stuff for warm, moderate, right? Or really cold conditions and rain. I was prepared for all of them because I had done the research to make sure that the experiences that I wanted to have was a positive one. And you got to do that with the terrain and the venue of the race. And the same thing when you go out to do an easy run and it turns into a horror. <laughs> when I think, and that's the other thing I was, because I was obviously thinking about this as I was running, was like you, I'm a planner. Maybe it's the military, who knows, right? Yes. But I do like to do the research and run the plan and things like that. But on that day, I was like, I'm just going to go out and see what happens. But I was running an unfamiliar route and mm -hmm. I was on unfamiliar terrain as far as the type of trail and unfamiliar terrain as type of elevation gain and loss. And I was realizing my mistake as I was running, which was probably good because I realized that this is not an easy run, but a little bit is, of that is self-inflicted. But also, and I remember one of our earlier conversations, there's a possibility of over planning, like too much. I think one of my first questions was, should I run the marathon course before I run the marathon course? And 
that takes it to another <laughs> level. Paralysis by analysis. You can't have fun doing that either, right? Because at some point you just got to do it. Right. And people always ask me, should I run the course? What are you doing it for? Are we trying to like on a BQ? We're trying to Boston qualify. If you can run the course, yeah, let's do that. If you're trying to do your first marathon, well, why are we about to run a marathon before the marathon? Like the whole <laughs> right. point is to have is to have that that key point, the pinnacle of all feelings on that day when you cross the finish line and everybody's cheering. If you've already been there, you're gonna remove some of that pizzazz from that day and that's not what you're trying to do and but some people are also when you when it comes to that that preparation of things when they're over analyzing it they're trying to prevent failure mm-hmm. and what i'll tell everybody is you can't the, you can pick the terrain you can pick the race you can pick the venue you can study all there's no guarantee until it happens you can do your best to prepare to get to the first the starting line then while you're on the race, you do your best to stay in the race. That's the whole goal. Then on the back end is I want to finish. None of those is, I'm going to tell people this, like none of those are guaranteed. So you need to have that conversation with yourself. All the planet in the world can't, like you, you don't control your fate. You can maximize the ability to complete your task by doing the study and the things of that nature, but you can't prevent failure. I hope that makes sense to people. You can't prevent it. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen because if we could predict the future, I would have a different job. <laughs> right, right. You know, we'd, <laughs> we'd have lots of monies and the economy would be in the tank because everybody yeah. had lots of money. Because you would just know, man. And that's not what you got to do. And so I had a coach tell me, I always have athletes coming to me and tell me about how hard this is or how this is this. And then he said, he reminds them, do you do this because it's easy? So why are you continuously trying to make it easy in your mind? Except the whole thing is that it's going to be hard. And that's okay. And so you can't overanalyze every aspect of a course or anything, expecting you to have that that one thing. You can prepare better, but allow yourself to just enjoy the your runs, just to learn something while you're running and to experience something that you have never done before or something. Like always have a purpose. Like just go out there with that purpose and try to meet that as as closely as possible. Well, apparently my purpose on Saturday, not just the easy pace that you had assigned me, but it was also to learn lessons was apparently for my Saturday (laughs) run in that I know that for those particular runs, I'm going to be much more judicious on my training route. Yeah. And so let's go over next week before we get done. And so next week is not too different. Tell me about this this challenge that you signed up for. Yeah, so it's a pretty neat virtual race. It's called the Taji 100. And it started off by a group of soldiers in Taji, Iraq, uh, in which one of their uh, officers had challenged the group of soldiers. Obviously, though you having been there, but you can get to a place of (laughs) really challenging both physically, but also mentally while you're on deployment. So it was, let's run 100 miles, run, walk 100 miles in February. And so it started off in Taji, Iraq, and now every year in February, there's this outstanding nonprofit called the Taji 100 that does a virtual challenge. Started off run, walk, or hike. Now you can do rowing, biking, or swimming certain different miles within the month of February. A lot of virtual races popped up during COVID, virtual challenges and distance challenges, but this has been going around for a couple of years. So it's a, a decent challenge to run 100 miles in the shortest month of the year. And it's not impossible, right? It's that 
it pushes you a little bit, but it's not something that's not outside the realm of possibility for folks. Yeah. So, okay. So you're telling me we need to get in a hundred miles in February. So these are that, these are those things when people sign up for stuff <laughs> and we in our fourth week of training, luckily, right. We're going from 18 miles to, and we can move up. Right. And you just have to be cautious. And for you, mm -hmm. I will, even though it's a challenge at the end of the day, it's not the A right. goal for nope, me. It isn't. And so if it becomes a hindrance, I don't think it will. Personally, this is something that we can totally do. It's not going to, it shouldn't challenge anything. It's probably the perfect timing for us to build up through it and have fun. But this is one of those things you get a, a person that likes to sign up for races for whatever reason it is. And then they have this A race and then they got 50 other races prior to that one race. I'm like, when you going to rest? When, when are you going to rest? Like <laughs> yeah. No. And this is the thing is last year I was doing a race a month. I'd have a 5K and then three weeks later I'd do a 10K and so on. And that wasn't the consistency of training. It wasn't good because I was either getting ready for another shorter race or, or something like that. But again, that's one of the things very specifically during this training period, I'm not training for any races, which is a little different because I see folks running races in my community that I want to run that I ran last year that I want to do this year. But no, that's not like you said that's not the primary goal we can do them we i just we just need to talk through them and say it might be five you want to do we might only be able to do three it depends but it depends on where they are and what the intent is going in what is are we going just to, to participate and make it a train a supported training run or will you have will you not be disciplined enough to be able to stay the course and say i want to go fast so that's the conversation that we can have so i would tell you is if there's races that you want to do before your marathon send me an email and I need the race link, the distance you want to do, right? And the location when I, so I can see that boom. And the race will tell me the date that it is. And so that was, well, I look at that. I was like, okay, can we do this and still st keep the fluid training schedule that we've had? Or will this come into play? Is this too close or just, you know, should we be doing a 5k? What are we doing on that day? He said, oh, I got a 5K. You got a 5K. Can we make that speed work that day? Mm -hmm. Is that okay? And so we can get really creative if we know ahead of time what we can do. And there might be races. You might be able to do all of them. You might not be able to do none of them. I don't know. So, so send them to me if you have them. So a Super Bowl day half marathon in two weeks is probably out of the picture, though. Let's go with <laughs> let's go with a yes. <laughs> go with a yes. So yeah. And look at that. But if we're talking now, I wouldn't find anything in February. If we can help it and anything beyond that, and maybe two months out from the race day, we may be able to do something or even the race month, if it, it depends on where it, it lands, like a half or something like that. But everything, as the closer we get to race day, we'll need to be in preparation for that. Yeah. yeah. That's it, man. That's all Absolutely. I got for you today. Yeah, no, it's so, yeah, looking forward to this week coming up. Again, really, really excited about supporting the folks with the Taji 100. It's something I did last year, something I plan on doing every year. So it's looks like it'll be some good stuff. Yeah, it'll be good. We'll get you there. I'll put some notes on here to make sure I'm giving you the right amount of mileage so you can hit that goal, and then we'll go from there. Sounds great. All right, we'll catch up next week. Easy day, man. Thank you. Week three, as you can hear, there's still a lot of learning going on and an old dog like me can learn new tricks. But this experience of working with the coach has already been beneficial to me. Every week I'm picking up something new or learning something different that I probably wouldn't have learned if it was just me in my head. 
there is something to be said about having someone on your side. And I appreciated what he said about his goal as a coach. I always tell people, especially when they hire me, most people don't know what a coach would do for them. And they think that you have to be fast or performance-based to hire somebody to help you. No, my job is to make sure you have a great experience. We can do that and still make you faster and still give you a PR. But if you PR and you didn't have fun, what was the point? And that's the key. When I'm done with the marathon, I want it to be as enjoyable an experience as it can be. It's not going to be easy, but like Coach Morgan said in the episode, we're not doing this because it's easy, but it doesn't have to be devastating either. So thanks again for joining us for the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast, where you can hear mere mortals like you and me reach our goals as I train for the 2023 Denver Colfax Marathon. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me at Dwayne at VeteranMentalHealth.com. If you want to support a great cause, I'm a charity partner with the Second Wind Fund, a Colorado organization that focuses on improving access and delivery of suicide prevention care for children and youth at risk for suicide. You can donate to the cause by going to coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast. If you want to reach out to Coach Morgan and show appreciation for the excellent work that he does or sign up for the People's Coach newsletter, you can find him at morganlatimore.com. All the links to these are going to be in the show notes. So thanks for joining us for another episode of the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast. And just remember, mere mortals can do extraordinary things.